Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Morning Star Journal. This is Tariq and I am very thankful for anyone and everyone who decided to uh, listen today. So the music you are listening to right now is actually from the game Split Second. And that's the game that we're actually going to be talking about today. So, um, before we start, I just want to give a brief kind of um, intro to who I am and what this podcast is, just in case for anyone who's maybe listening for the first time, or if you're just curious, and you know what, I haven't actually done this in a while, I've actually talked about what this is all about. So, let me start off by saying, my name is Tariq, and... What you're listening to now is a podcast I created called The Morning Star Journal. And in this podcast, I like to just take a few minutes to talk about uh, games, movies, um, TV shows, books, uh, just about anything and everything that I've um, actually either listened to or had fun with. And I want to bring that to um, anyone's listening and maybe, uh, you know, find other people who might be also interested. Also, just to um, get the, you know, creative minds going as well. Um, and I also do uh, some music as well. I do play both uh, guitar and bass on occasion. And um, I take a lot of practice in those so um i'm definitely gonna have to go back in and uh maybe do a few um episodes where i'm playing more often but today since i haven't done a lot of games um the two major ones i did were the ratchet and clank series in warframe today i thought it would be a fun thing to do uh a game that i've played uh, for a while on the ps3 is called split second But when I started thinking about this episode, I also wanted to go into a little bit of, you know, kind of a brief history of me and racing and where, at least where, uh, from what I've played a split second, where I think they got it from and a few racing games I've played here and there. Um, Before we get into all that, I will say that I know this episode is coming out a little bit later than normal. Normally I try to get these out. Uh, Saturday, usually around Saturday uh, morning or at least in the afternoon. Um, this past couple of weeks have been kind of crazy with scheduling and a couple other things, but I will admit that um, it's been a little bit difficult. I've been going through a very hard time when it comes to work lately and just trying to find my place in everything. Um, I've been having feelings that I'm not contributing the way I should and um, that kind of feeling that I'm being ignored or put aside because I'm not, um, you know, kind of basically carrying my weight around, if you will. But, and it's got me um, very down and I will say at times a little bit depressed, but, um, and, and unfortunately that has kind of carried in to the uh, podcast, me bringing it out a little bit later than normal, but um, I, you know, I'm I'm trying my best to not only get over that, but also to um, use this as a platform 
to, you know, see where it leads to as far as, you know, trying to make this a little bit um, more of a main because I really enjoy this. I really enjoy um, the books that I kind of talk about, the shows that I talk about, the movies, um, being able to play uh, like I said, the different music and also to play different games. I really enjoy a lot of this and bring it to you. And I would love to have maybe a couple people that, um, you know, have also played these games to kind of bounce off of, uh, which is one of the reasons why I had invited uh, my good friend David um, from uh, Car Thoughts with Dave onto a previous podcast. But that's just something that I'm, I'm still struggling with. I'm still trying to get a good fitting. I've only started doing this for a few months now. So, um, and trust me, this is, uh, this whole idea for the podcast, this has been going on for years and years on a lot of different platforms like you, uh, YouTube and Twitch recently, um, that I've been watching. So these are just little things that I'm just trying to bring in, you know, trying to make a little bit better, but before we get, but before getting like into too deep in that kind of subject, let's get to the main root of this is a game called Split Second. Now, Split Second was a game that came out on the PS3 back in May of 2010. So it's not too old, but unfortunately, um, they only made one game, and the publisher of the, uh, sorry, the developer of the game, uh, BlackRock Studio, is no longer in existence. Now, if you watched my uh, previous, or if you saw my previous uh, tweet or Instagram post, you'll see that on the cover, it actually says Disney Interactive. And that's because di- this BlackRock was a division of Disney Interactive. It was like this, um, it's like a small subdivision that makes a lot of different games and they actually made a lot of racing games to go along with that. But before we jump into that, let me just say a little bit about me and sort of as racing games because I've really enjoyed racing games for a long time. Now, don't take that as something that I uh, enjoy uh, street racing on the side. Uh, trust me, there's not really, there's much, not much call for uh, Grand Vitaras on the uh, racing circuit and Charlotte circuit. Uh, so that ain't happening. Uh, but I do enjoy a lot of the um, action racing game, and, and especially this type of action racing game. So let me get into that before I actually go into what's kind of really cool about Split Second. So if a lot of people remember, like one of the most recent, the earlier games I remember is um, Outrun. And that was on uh, Sega initially, but you usually found it, um, I usually always found it like on in the arcades, of course. And Outrun was pretty stand at the time. It was graphically amazing, but it was pretty standard when you think about it. Because all it is, I mean, you went straight. There were turns and curves, and there were kind of jumps and stuff. But, I mean, it wasn't nearly what you find in racing games today. And later, another game that I really started enjoying was Cruising USA. And if you remember Cruising USA, it was just amazing because what they did was they took these um highlighted you know different like um uh major areas you know around the usa uh you know like major cities or landscapes like i think like for like new york la grand canyon um 
bunch of others just here and there. And you just went through like these like crazy uh, race obstacle courses and stuff. And it was really a lot of fun. And cra- and also, um, that I think was probably one of the first ones I can remember, at least right now that I can remember, that you actually got to um, sit down and, you know, like, like as if you were actually driving. So, you know, you had the car seat, the pedals and everything else. And it, it was always funny because when you play an arcade, of course, you're standing at the arcade or you're sitting uh, in the booth, kind of like the Crazy USA or Cruising USA or um, uh, like you're seeing up a Crazy Taxi is another. Well, it's kind of a racing game, but it's a racing with a, with a little bit of a adventure in a sense because you're um you're not racing you're racing time more than other uh competitors per se but um uh daytona usa is i think the one that's still out now but with those with the ones you sit down like you know you you get the feel of that you're in a car so when it came to the computer and they started, you know, a lot of these, um, when computer games started coming out a little bit more regularly and they started incorporating a lot of these racing games, you know, you would see um, in the uh, game controller sections, they would also have uh, steering wheels. But the steering wheels, at least, you know, initially were kind of tough because, you know, with the steering wheel, you kind of have to have it on a desk to make it work. And if you were like me, or some people, like, um, sometimes your desk wasn't exactly uh, made to, you know, like, hold the steering wheels or the way they designed it. And then later when they started, um, when they started doing it more on consoles, uh, you know, having a steering wheel, like, for instance, like my living room right now, I have a um, kind of end table, but there's like a lot of open space. So I can kind of hold it on my lap, but it was definitely not, uh, not, <laughs> let's just say I couldn't hold it properly on my lap to try to do that whole steering wheel. So it was interesting that, you know, you really got away from doing the steering wheel, except for, of course, in real life. Of course, you can't get away from that. But, um, but you know, when it came to the uh, consoles and, you know, when it, when, it, and when it started when it came on games... I started using the controller more, and that became more natural, at least when I'm playing. Um, when I'm playing, as far as racing games, and also I also really like the action ones. Like I said, Cruising USA, um, Crazy Taxi, those are this kind of action games. And when they later came out, well, at least Crazy Taxi came out on console. But when it came to console games. And, of course, this was before Crazy Taxi. You had things like um, Gran Turismo that came out. And Gran Turismo, it was good, but it was just more um, simulation. And, and it was made towards that. It was made towards simulation, more simulation. So, like, you had you had to get, get like, uh, shocks. And you had to do your tune-in. And you had to, you know, pick out your engines and um, your... Uh, brakes and your wheels and um, just all the little stuff and while it's great to have that there's people who would like you know have their custom car perfect I just enjoyed jumping into it just picking like maybe a handful of cars just being pick the car pick the color and I'm right into the race 
so that's where um, when Need for Speed started coming out, that was my jam right there. And especially later when they came out with Need for Speed Hot Pursuit. Um, and if you don't remember what Hot Pursuit was, Hot Pursuit was, I think, when uh, now, a couple of times in the Need for Speed series, in a couple of games, you always, if you were, if it was a game where you raced, like, in city, street, city streets, uh, you would, um, you would sometimes get the ire of the police, of course, in the game. And then uh, they would either try to pull you over, um you know, slightly aggressively and then progressively get worse. Now, they never got Grand Theft Auto where they started shooting you down or get a tank, but um, they do get pretty uh, um, aggressive. And in Hot Pursuit, you actually got the opportunity to um, reverse it and actually play as the cop. So there was a whole mode where you can play as a um, police car officer and you, and then all of a sudden a racer will come out and you would have to try to take down the racer. And I remember it was kind of cool because you can call for backup, you can uh, call for a spike strip uh, or, a, um, or a quick rope, like when you build up like enough meter or whatever, you can, um, or I think it gave you like at least like two or three for your entire round, but you can, um, you can actually, uh, uh, you know, call like a, like a, a quick, um, barricade or a spike strip to slow them down. It was kind of cool. And then, um, I think the next game that really took, took that to the next level was things like, um, burnout and in burnout, uh, you weren't the police, but it did um, it did emphasize on kind of wrecking the other guy. So you can push them into other barriers, push them into other cars, uh, push them off the side, or land on top of them, whatever, you know, whatever and everything. And, you know, you got a boost, and it was like a big crash thing, and it was like really cool. So I really enjoyed that. Um, and then later, uh, there's another game that... Um, this was more on the adventure, and this kind of gets to this, where they started having a lot, at least the one that I remember that had a story that I really remember was Test Drive back on the PlayStation 2. Now, Test Drive was another racing franchise that had been around for a long time. They'd been around since, like, the PC days. And in Test Drive, uh, well, the one that was released in, on PlayStation 2, made by Atari, I think, yeah, Atari, because the loading screens was actually Pong. You can look that up. Look up Test Drive for the PS2. Loading screens, you actually played Pong while it while you were waiting for it to load. But Test Drive had this kind of cool thing where, like, you were this um, ex-con racer, and this guy hires you to be his new driver. And I think he, gets, he got hurt at some point, uh, but he wanted to... Uh, get back at the crew that that hurt him so you actually become his new driver and um, what's kind of a cool thing is that you actually got um, they actually had pink slips so at the end of like certain levels or stages you you would challenge certain people to their cars and if you won you got their car not like oh you unlocked uh, let's say like uh, six, seven, four, and Mustang, 
and now you've unlocked it, so now you can have one in your garage. No, you r- race um, Racer X for his Ford Mustang, and then when you go back, and if you win, and you go back into your garage, Racer X's Ford Mustang would be in your garage, and you can use that car. And I thought that was a really cool idea. It was also kind of cool because if you lost, then that racer would actually start using your car. And that actually happened to me. And I was so pissed because I loved, and I can't, I'm trying to remember what car it was, but I was racing somebody and I messed up and he actually won. And he got the car and I couldn't use the car anymore. I had to go with an alternative. And every time, and this was like a big story thing. So you would see these same racers throughout the course of the game and whenever I raced that guy he had my car and that pissed me off and I was like that is very impressive that they put that in there that if you lose they get your car and they keep on using it just to piss you off so getting to the real meat of this is the game called Split Second and I want to take an opportunity to kind of talk about the background of it why I liked it so much uh, so if I read on the back of the cover, which doesn't have much, and actually goes to the core of the game. So the only thing we have on back cover is when speed is not enough, a dynamic new TV show on a global stage, a city created for speed and destruction, join the race, trigger the action and crush your competition. And as simple as that sounds, realistically, in the game, that's all you need. So, let's get into what Split Second is. So, Split Second was a video game in, in Europe. It's actually called Split Second Velocity. Um, and I was like, Velocity? Well, I guess that makes sense, of course. But um, it was released in May of 2010 on the PlayStation 3, the Xbox 360, Microsoft Windows, and it was also available on both the PlayStation Portable and iOS. So it came out as a pretty big deal. And the racing game, kind of like what I was uh, talking about on the cover, it centered on a fictional reality TV program that incentivized winning for money and glory. You race through a track that's built with multiple explosions and traps meant to either take out other racers or even alter the track altogether. Each racer has a meter that builds up to the ac- build up to have access to these actions and can be triggered at multiple points. Uh, if you build a meter all the way, you can even alter the alter the entire flow of the race. Um, so I mean that says everything you need about the game and that's what it was was that this game you basically had one meter uh and it it appeared right at the bottom right right underneath your car so you know for the most part the game usually is played i think there i think you can go bumper cam with it and i never try that i usually that's another thing with racing games as weird as it sounds i know you drive in reality you live and drive in first person per se but for some odd reason the first person aspect on video games was off it always felt off i don't know if that's a um uh what do they call it like um that uncanny valley which usually means um and and for a lot of people who might not uh, know this 
Uncanny Valley, Uncanny Valley usually refers to when something is digital, it's presented as real, but you know it's not real. It's like on uh, when you watch movies and you see a digitized person. So let's say in Rogue One, for instance, when you see um, Grand Moff Tarkin. Um, of course, that actor is no longer with us, no longer alive. Um, so what they did was they digitally mass i forgot who they got for the role but they you know they digitized that person to look like um and i forget that and i I apologize but i forget the actor's name but they digitally to make him look like the actor from the original star wars movie but uncanny valley basically um there's a part of your mind that you know understands that that's not real so it always looks off and, and I don't know if that's the same thing with this, but when it came to first-person driving, it always felt off whenever I played a game with it. So I enjoyed it on a third-person level. But anyway, because it was third-person, and the car's third-person, you see behind the car, um, underneath is a bar that will light up, and it will basically come into play when... You're either uh, drafting behind other uh, cars or if you narrowly miss an explosion that hits you. And um, when you build up, when you build up enough for at least, and you get at least three meters. uh, Sorry, you only get three meters. And when you build up at least one in different areas and the track, it'll be a blue icon that shows up and then disappear when you can't do it anymore you can actually trigger an explosion. So whether it's a car that explodes and goes off the track or an entire bus or maybe a side of a building kind of collapses a little bit, you can trigger these to knock out other players. Um, Now, sometimes you have to kind of watch out because, you know, you do it far enough, of course, it'll hit the other player. You do it too late, the other player might actually be beyond it so it won't hit them. And if you're really not careful, you may just trigger it and hit yourself, which I actually did that on an alternate track. Now, that's another thing is that at at certain points, when you build up all three, there's actually certain areas where you can completely alter how the track goes or how the flow of the uh, how the flow of the actual track is. uh, For instance, in the airport scene. Uh, there's a point where you, when you're driving, you kind of go over the tarmac and into and right next to one of the towers. Well, if you build up all three at a certain, if you get to that certain point of the track again, you can set an explosion that knocks the tower down. And once that hit, it knocks out that entire run, and you're actually driving on the tarmac for a few seconds, and it is pretty cool. Um, also, it's cool that if it, uh, when it's triggered, sometimes a plane will come and just come down right, like right next to you, and you gotta watch out for that. Now, I do know that because of uh, current events, that that can be a very that is a very touch subject because there was an unfortunate accident with a plane, and um, when I was trying to find images, even though that's one of the most iconic images of the game. Is this is while you're racing, um, you know, having this plane come down right next to you while you're trying to race? I understand that it is very, you know, insensitive to try to put something like that out there right now. So, um, you know, it's not on there, but 
when you're playing the game, it is pretty intense. Now, um, like the game was saying, though, the, the, the story, if you will, the game is that this is a completely fictional reality TV show. So it's built for the excitement. So it's built for people who are watching it to have fun with it. So pretty much the entire city, the airport, um, there's 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 downtown, there's sewers, whatever. All of it is built up. So you're not really racing in a real city per se. With you're not building up like uh, pedestrians, or there's it's not like a passenger plane full of people is crashing down, or a tower full of workers is coming down. These are all sets. And they're just uh, mock sets with explosions, of course, that are, you know, some are reset, whatever. But, you know, um, but basically it's just like mock sets that you're blowing up and they're there to entertain. Uh, But once you alter a track, though, that's altered for the entire race. So normally races are always, um, it's always the best, it's always three laps. And if you alter in lap one, that's how it is for lap two and three and whatever um, until you like restart the whole thing. But um, there's several of those just throughout the whole game. And that kind of gets into one of the cool things about this game is that they don't bog you down with a lot of unnecessary stuff. Like, for instance, and, and I thought it was crazy when I first when I read it, but when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, don't need it. So there's no mini map on the game, none. So, it, but at the same time, you alter the map. So they would have to. So in a sense, you know, they would have to build something that not only would sit on the corner, but then alter in case somebody alters. Because not only you, but the computer can decide it wants to alter the track for whatever reason, and it doesn't necessarily going to alter it on lap one. It may decide to do it lap two or lap three or whatever. And there's also, and that's not, and it's not just there's one alteration per track. There's maybe two, possibly even three. I know, and there's one that's a dockyard. And at one point, you kind of, you can drive on this, uh, you kind of go up this ramp and drive on one of the um, uh, cargo ships. And there's a alter track that will actually crash the cargo ship. And it can do it while you're driving on it. So, like I said, they, they don't put the map, nor do they put the speedometer on there. Because the whole point is about you going fast and going as fast as you can. You slow down with turns, but, you know, the whole point is that you're going as fast as you can. So, why would you bother with a speedometer? Do I have to know the difference between me going 100 and 110 or 120? No, I'm just going to keep on pressing the gas as much as I can. So, it's kind of a cool factor that... They took out, and if you play the game, and maybe one day if I can get it set up on my computer, I'll, um, you know, I'll try to stream uh, some time with it. It doesn't, like, um, it's, it doesn't bog you down with unnecessary information. It's just, like, you're racing, and you got to beat everybody on the track. That's it. Um, so I said there's no, there's no speedometer. There's no, uh, um... Uh, mini map with you and the other racers on there. Um, it'll tell you real quickly as far as, I mean, you can see right underneath your uh, car as far as if you're first, second, third, or whatever. You can easily see the meter. They built it to be um, so that you get to see 
everything and they put a lot of work as far as the details the explosion how fast everything is moving but you understand where everything is and it's a cool game so a little bit background into blackrock and why it's so sad about this so blackrock studio was founded by tony beckwith and it's a it's a video game developer out of brighton england uh, but like I said earlier, though, it's actually a division of Disney Interactive. So Disney Interactive has been around um, basically since 1998, initially called uh, Pixel Planet initially. And it was acquired by Disney back in 2006, September 6, 2006. And um, at least uh, Pixel Planet was, sorry, Disney Interactive was around way before that because they've been making Disney games for a very long time. Pixel Planet was the company that actually had been around since 98 and after it was acquired in Disney in 2006, that's when it became uh, BlackRock Studio. Now, unfortunately, in 2011, Disney started consolidating all their assets and unfortunately this meant that when they did that, it closed BlackRock Studio down. And it's a shame because they had a, a split-second sequel and a pure sequel already in, in, the, um, in, their, in their minds. And Pure was a, a um, I believe Pure was a uh, motocross game that uh, they also made around this time that I've heard was pretty good, but I wasn't into that game. Um, and it's funny because uh, Split Second, I've got pretty far in Split Second, I never really fully beat it, but I do know that in the very end of Split Second, because the whole game was built on this kind of reality show idea, and in the very end, while they're trying to set up for something, it's like after you beat it, and while they're setting up, uh, supposedly it's like some random cars and random explosions go out, and then as they're going on, and they're not being triggered by you or the host... Uh, you hear the game host going, wait, who's that? They were canceled back in such and such. So it, it kind of builds like, I guess, a split second two is going to be this like rival uh, reality show uh, coming in to mess up with your, uh, mess up with your set. So that would have been really cool to like see. So I talked a little bit about like, um, you know, just a racing split second, but there's actually more to it than just regular racing. So all that's built in, and I've actually got split second up right now, and there are races like uh, Detonator. So with Detonator, it's basically you're racing with, um, I'm trying to remember that one, it's different survival rage. No, Elimination, Detonator, I think, was the one where you have to try to, you have, you have to take out, yeah, okay, Detonator was the one where you have to take out other racers with um, explosions, so you have, so it's like the point of it is that while you're going through certain tracks, you are purposely triggering the explosions to get rid of other uh, other racers. Uh, survival is a crazy one where you're actually um, you're actually racing a 
uh, 18-wheeler that's throwing out barrels. And you have to try to dodge the barrels as well as the other kind of bot racers that's around you. And every so often, there'll be a flaming barrel that will explode and take you out quickly. And if you manage to, like, um, survive for, I think, a long enough time or even uh, if you completely... If you or and also like you get extra bonus points if you pass the truck, but of course there's another truck beyond that. Once you get to a certain point, there's a sudden death moment, and in sudden death, it's all red barrels, and they come out like completely at random, and that one's real crazy. Um, and like you get bonus points if you can survive like longer than a few seconds. Um, another game option was called Airstrike. And airstrike is wild because what it does is while you're racing on the track, an attack helicopter will shoot off missiles. Now, it'll kind of show you, you'll get like this kind of red markers of where the missiles are approximately going to land. And then you have to try to dodge them once they actually hit. So at first, like you're, you're, you're driving down the track and there'll be turns and stuff. And then there'll be like kind of three markers at first. They'll say, okay, a missile's going to hit around this area, this area, this area. And then once you get to that part, the missiles will hit and you have to dodge them. And if they directly hit, you're done. If they hit you by the side, you may be knocked into something else and it still counts as a kill if that hurts, if that hits. And as you progress through the level, there'll be more and more missiles coming, like three, four, five, ten at some point. So it is crazy. Um, Air Revenge is one where as long as you, I think it was like uh, when you build up the meter that's normally used to trigger explosions, it's like every time you dodge it, you build up the meter and then you can activate like a missile that will be sitting back into it, which is kind of cool. And they have the elimination where if you're in last place, then it will um, blow the last place car up. Uh, but in all, the, in all the races as far as Deadline and all the other stuff, you're... Um, you're still doing the same thing in which you're um, you're using these meters and you know using these actions to kind of knock out other players and stuff and it's really fun. I've always enjoyed this game and if you ever um, get a chance if you can find it on like I said it's available on PlayStation 3 it's available on Xbox 360 on Windows um, I think it you can find I think it is available through the PlayStation Network, maybe. Um, but the thing is, uh, if you do it on PS4 with the PlayStation Network, I don't think you can stream it, unfortunately. So I'm going to see if I can stream it maybe through my PlayStation 3 and computer. But if you have a chance to play this game, I highly recommend it. It is a lot of fun. It's E10 and up. So there's no... Um, like I said, because the game is... Because the, the overall plot of the game is the fact that it's this reality show... There's no um, blood. It's not like you see bodies at any point. Um, like I said, the, the cars, it's like tinted windows, so you never see even the drivers of the cars. So you never see bodies. It's not Grand Theft Auto, and it's not things like Stuntman and other things like that where you'll see like a body flying at some point. And it's not like uh, Need for Speed or Test Drive in which you're driving on real streets with real like 
um, pedestrian cars or uh, passenger cars or things like that. It's all just kind of like stunts and sets and things like that. Um, but it's a game that I thought, I, I think, is not thought. Think is really fun. And it is worth your time to check it out. They do have a split screen option. So if you want to play with a friend, um, you can definitely do that. Now, I don't think the online works anymore because they probably have uh, closed a lot of those servers, which is unfortunate because this game is set up to be, I mean, if any game is, is online because it's so simple. It's so, I mean, it's simple in the fact that there's a, not a lot of, you know, background stuff you have to put on to it. It's really easy to play. I'm really, I mean, and it's really a shame that they closed the studio because if the studio were to uh, be active today, I would have loved to see how this game would have been, um, you know, live and what they would do with the online community now. So if anyone who's actually listened to this possibly maybe even knows the uh, the um, the people behind this or people who used to work at Black Rock Studio or maybe get in touch with them, you should you know let them know that this game is still amazing. It is great. And if they can bring it back, I guarantee you they can make a lot of money. Now, I do know that, unfortunately, that was a problem with this game is that it didn't make a whole lot of money. I mean, I bought, trust me, I bought my copy the minute I played it. And I believe I played it over a friend's place and may even been with... Uh, it might have even been with David, but I'm not 100% sure on that. But I do know when I first started playing this, I love this game to death, and I immediately bought it. And I enjoy going back into it. I played a couple of quick play sessions just a few minutes ago, and it was real easy to jump back to. You know, I can't beat my uh, best time. I got to figure out how I got that good. Um, but... It was really a lot of fun, and the studio made a lot of great games. I've forgotten that. They kind of stayed, BlackRock stayed a lot with the racing games, but um, if you ever played a lot of PlayStation, the MotoGP series, which was a motocross um, uh, motorcycle game that been on for a long time, and ATV Off-Road Fury 3 and 4, and I remember those because um, I one time got a demo for... I think it was Off-Road Fury 4, and I really enjoyed that one. Like, I, I'd heard about the series before, but uh, for whatever reason, I played Off-Road Fury uh, like 3 and 4, and I really enjoyed those. Uh, but anyway, this is a little bit of a shorter episode than normal. Again, I apologize for not getting this out a little bit earlier. I did want to get this out yesterday, but um, like I said, I was going through a lot of things on... Just my place and how I can bring this out and if it's even worth it. And I finally just decided that, yeah, it's, it's worth it because I enjoy it. And I keep it. The main thing about this podcast is I do games and things that I enjoy. And if I didn't do those things, then there wouldn't be a point to it. So um, I enjoy you know, making these podcasts. I enjoy doing these different things and I hope you enjoy listening to them and I hope that gets you to decide to play some of these games or read a book or 
uh, watch these certain movies, or even pick up an instrument, whatever, what have you. Uh, if you have any suggestions on things I can do, or uh, want to give me any comments and um, any tips, please let me know. You can leave a message through Anchor, is what I normally go through, and they have a voice message system that's pretty good. You can also send me messages through Twitter at Morningstar Journal. That's M O R N I M O R N I N G. S-T-A-R-J-R-N-L. I haven't had to spell it out, so that was the first, and I've got to get a little bit better at that. But anyway, uh, Morningstar Journal. Um, you can reach me on Twitter. You can also reach me at uh, on email at the Morningstar Journal, all spelled out, uh, at gmail.com. And also you can reach me on Instagram and on my Facebook page. Uh, again, thank you again for tuning in. I hope that everyone has a great week, and I'll see you all soon. Peace.